0: 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. And whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord, and the care of Jehiel the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced because the, they had been given willingly, for with a whole heart they had offered freely to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. Therefore, David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory of the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand is it make great and to give strength to all and now we thank you our God and praise your glorious name but who am I and what is my people that we should be able to thus thus to offer willingly for all things come from you and of your own we have given you for we are strangers before you and sojourners as all our fathers were our days on the earth are like a shadow and there is no abiding O Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house, for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in my uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things, and now I have seen your people, who are present here, offering freely and joyously to you. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people. And direct their hearts toward you. Grant to Solomon, my son, a whole heart, that he may keep your commandments, your testimonies, and your statutes. Performing all, and that he may build the palace for which I have made provision. Then David said to all the assembly, bless the Lord your God, and all the assembly bless the Lord. The God of their fathers, and bowed their heads, and paid homage to the Lord and to the king. This is God's word.
1: So, (coughs) this morning... Uh, I'm grateful I'm not preaching that passage because uh, that looks really long and complicated. Um, so we got someone more competent to do it. Um, uh, we're going to hear from a brother this morning that you've heard from before um, and that you know fairly well, um, those of you who've been around here for a while. Um, but it's it's particularly special this morning because um, uh, Stephen, who's going to come and preach this morning, Stephen Fitz, he, uh, he is today, after uh, we or dismissed from here before the benediction, uh, is being ordained as an elder five five months ago or so. Yeah, that, that's appropriate. Um, we, so he's been in a process of discernment for a while, figuring out what it is God wants him to contribute to God's people, just like this text was all about people um, deciding uh, that they could contribute to the work of God um, because of the response to his grace. Stephen was trying to figure out what that would look like for him in serving. And um, uh, what it looks like is him... Uh, uh, coming onto the leadership team to serve the rest of us uh, in pastoral uh, ministry, which is exciting because uh, that would mean that there 's more than one elder <laughs> uh, i 'm really grateful to have that partnership. We have a team of wonderful uh, deacons as well, but this is this is um, uh, a real gift he 's my favorite leprechaun um, and uh, you know wh- one of the things about um, and i won 't i 'm I, gotta, I can't take his time away because he's got a lot to say. But I will say that the passage we're meditating on during Lent is the way in which we respond, what we're responding to in God's grace and God's love is this tangible self-giving of Jesus to remove all the barriers that are in the way to come to him. He wants to remove all those barriers. And so one of the things that God has done in order to sort of wipe away anything that would stand in the way of us coming and offering ourselves completely to God. Body, heart, soul, mind, treasures, possessions, everything. What, how, does, how does God want to get us to trust him to remove all those barriers? Yes, through the gift of Jesus, but the gift of Jesus then actually comes to us through human beings. We can see and touch and, and experience and hear their actual voices. Um, God makes himself known through what Paul says in the passage we're studying for Lent through ambassadors. you know, And so the gift of leadership, like Stephen, is one in which we get to follow and uh, uh, obey and um, relate to a living person who can embody the person of Jesus Christ in the way that, that he ministers his love to us, which means that, that Stephen is, is um, he's really being given as a gift to you. Um, to say this is what love looks like. This is what God's love looks like in serving you, in being accountable to you, um, uh, and in giving his life for you. So I'm really excited to, um, to lay hands and uh, to ordain him to ministry. But first you're going to hear him uh, preach God's word, which you'll hear a lot more of. So I'll have him come up here while I pray for him. Father God, thank you so much for Stephen. And thank you for the pattern of incarnation that you minister to people by coming to be among us. Um, I pray that as he delivers the word, uh, that those who know his life, which is so many of us, um, would see the connection between the person and the message. um, That this comes from a place of uh, a sinner's repentant obedience, and that's the the most we can offer. And so I thank you for Stephen's example. I pray that the word would be powerful in his mouth, that you would bless it. And God, um, just like St. Patrick, who was not Irish, (laughs) uh, was sent back to be among people so deeply that people think he is um, because of the work he did there, um, identifying himself with those people. I pray that you would help Stephen Uh, in his deep identification with us as your people and um, your identification with us in Christ. I pray that you would be among us now by the power of the Holy Spirit and uh, lead us with your word. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sorry. I love you, man. Thanks, buddy.
2: Hi. (laughs) No, I I got (laughs) it. Everything's on purpose looks like accident. (laughs) Uh so it's Saint Patrick's Day. Uh I'm Irish, uh at least half. I'm preaching on giving, I'm being ordained as an elder, so therefore gold chocolate coins. Does it it just make sense, right? I mean, I don't know. Uh, So, in preaching on giving, uh, what the Bible has to say about giving actually doesn't have, uh, you know, money is a part of it, material things are a part of it, but it's just a part of it. Giving is a really big uh, subject, and you could say that all of existence is a gift, and you could say that uh, the Bible starts with a gift, and it ends with a gift. Um, In Genesis God gifts Abraham or Adam. I did that in practice too. (laughs) In Genesis, God gifts Adam life. He gifts him breath, and then he gifts uh, Adam Eve. Uh, And then God takes him, you know, through the world and said, "You see these plants? They're a gift for you. You see these uh, animals? They're for you." And God gives them everything, and that's just how the world began. Uh, why did why did God give in Genesis? It doesn't necessarily explicitly say, but it it does. It is clear that He enjoys what He He gave, and it's very clear as we go through the story that He uh, loves what He made us uh, very deeply, very dearly. How does God give in Genesis? Uh, he gives freely. He gives without any need or compulsion to give. There's no pre-story. There's just uh, nothing in the Trinity, and then God creates. No forces uh, to uh, <clears throat> give him motivation, no uh, you know, forces to fight with, just God himself in his nature. The world starts uh, because God, the fundamental being of the universe, is simply as his person is a giver. That's the nature of who he is. And uh, then we read on in Genesis and we find that God was so generously and freely giving before the fall of man. And then God was so generously giving freely after the fall of man. Uh, It didn't just start out one way and then switch to adjust to us. It's continued that way throughout the whole story of Scripture. He began freely giving and loving generously, abundantly, and he will continue to do so for uh, eternity because it's just the nature of God. That's who he is. He's a giver. Uh, So after the fall, God gives Adam and Eve a promise of a savior through their descendants. After the fall, God gives Adam and Eve children, blesses them with children. He gives them a hope in the future. And then the whole world, after so many uh, generations, decides that It doesn't want to have anything to do with God. It's not interested uh, in him at all, and so God sends Noah uh, to uh, save the world, and then gives Noah a promise and a blessing, and through him, hope to the world again. And then after Noah, the whole world, after a while, gathers together and decides to reject God again and build a tower to heaven uh, and make themselves God, and so Then God gives the world Abraham and says, Through Abraham, I'll give the world a promise, a hope, a future, and a blessing. He gives and gives and gives. In Exodus, after God's people are enslaved by uh, the wickedness of this world, he gives them Moses. And through Moses, he gives the world a promise, a hope, and a future. And in Joshua, through Samuel, the people of God turn away uh, oh, sorry, I skipped Deuteronomy. <clears throat> there we go. Uh, in Deuteronomy, God gives again, and this time He gives uh, us clear instruction. And through that instruction to the people, uh, the plan is to give instruction to the whole world on how to be blessed, how to live uh, lives of happiness and fulfillment and joy. Uh, but after the law is given through Joshua through Samuel, The people of God continually turn away from God. They don't want to follow him. They pick to choose false gods, and they embrace those false gods' practices, and it brings them to ruin, and then God gives again, and he gives prophets, and he gives warriors to save his people in a cycle that repeats itself over and over and over and over and over and over. And then this continues for hundreds of years into the time of the Israelite kings, the people continue to uh, turn their back on God, serve other gods, follow their wicked ways. And then at their point of greatest despair, God gives again. He gives them prophets and warriors to save them and to give them in the world a hope and a future. And so from creation through the time of the kings, God never stops giving. God never stops seeking the good of the whole world and continues to give. And then finally, God gives himself. Jesus puts it this way. In Mark 12, a man planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a pit for the wine press, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers, and he moved away. At harvest time, he sent a servant uh, to the tenants to collect from them some of the fruit of the vineyard. But they seized that servant, they beat him, and they sent him away empty-handed. So then the master of the vineyard sent another servant, and they killed this one. They struck him on the head. And then he sent another, and he killed that one. He sent many others. Some of them they beat, others they killed. He had one left to su- send, a son whom he loved. He sent him, last of all, saying, they will respect my son. And of course, in the story, we know that's Jesus. In the vineyard is the world represented by God's people. And the servants that get killed and beaten are God's repeated attempt to save them from themselves. And in one parable, you kind of have the Old Testament. Um, and Jesus sees himself in this line of God giving to save his people. So as we know, Jesus, this, the Son of God, fully God and fully man, uh, he came to earth, he humbled himself, he took on the form of a servant for us, he suffered with us in all the ways that we will suffer, he gave us the most beautiful teaching the world has ever heard, uh, he gave us the most beautiful miracles, He gave to the point of sweating his own blood out for us. He gave to the point of his outstretched arms on the cross for us. And then he took upon all of our sin within his eternal being and died. And then he defeated death and evil and raised himself from the dead so that he might be the firstborn of those who are raised to eternal life and that we would then follow and be raised to eternal life. So God gave us his own life, then God gave us a path to eternal life. God's a giver. And then in Acts, he sends the Spirit of God to live with us. Uh, Why? (laughs) Other than love? I don't know if there's an answer. Uh, To live with us as a gift, to remind us of his teaching, to remind us that he's with us, to remind us that he loves us. Then in Revelation, God gives us a peek into our future of the utter majesty and glory that he's prepared for us, the gift of the city of heaven where God is the sun, the light of the world, where he has restored us to one another in perfect love and harmony and restored us to himself, and we can live in eternal bliss forever. God is a giver. From the beginning, the fundamental start to creation. He's a giver. He gives before the fall and after the fall. He gives throughout the history of humanity. Then he gives his very self. And then he gives us an eternal life with him and with people that we love forever. So you might think that giving is important to God, right? That's the summary. Uh, King King David understood <clears throat> this in the passage uh, for this morning. He understood how important giving is to God, and he wrote a song about it, and he gave a speech about it. And so, after King David gave, and the leaders gave, uh, he's saying, "Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting." Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You're the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and we praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are our people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have only given you what comes from your hand. We're foreigners and strangers in your sight, as were our ancestors. Our days on earth are like shadow without hope. Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand, and all of it belongs to you. So David knew that God in his nature gave freely and generously. David knew that everything... In existence was a gift from God, and David knew that it was a gift to even be able to give. And because of King David's belief in God's incredible goodness, he gave, and then he led a whole nation to give. It was a response. And then, of course, <clears throat> uh, when Jesus came and, and taught us, I just want to share two incredibly powerful uh, stories that he he gave. ...about the importance of us giving. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another... ...as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And he'll say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world... For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothed you? When did we see you in sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did for me. And you know the rest. The ones on the left, those that did not give of their food, of their drink, of their housing, of their clothes, of their time, uh, were separated. Giving is fundamental to God's nature. Giving is fundamental to who the people of God are. We cannot be the people of God And not give. Uh, I love this other example that Jesus gave. He sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put. And watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor woman came and put in two very small copper coins. Worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow... Has put in more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. And God cares so much about giving, of course, because He's fundamentally a giver, but I would like us to think for a minute to realize that that means that the fabric of reality that we live in is the currency of God's giving. Uh, We are held up by the atomic structure of God's giving nature. So when people give in a way that God gives, any resemblance of it, we're acting in harmony with existence itself With the way that things truly are. Existence, our existence, is not fundamentally defined by humanity's fall. It's fundamentally defined by a God that gives from before time to after time. The fall is temporary, it has a start and a finish, but God's giving has no beginning, and God's giving has no end. God loved and gave within himself before there was anything in his Trinitarian nature. And God will continue to give eternal life and sustain it forever. The fall is temporary and isn't the definition of the way that things really are. What is, is a giving, loving God. Most fundamentally, that is the definition of the universe. So, uh, why don't we then give? Well, uh, one possible reason is we may believe that we are fundamentally defined by evil. Other people are fundamentally defined by evil. The world is fundamentally defined by evil. And existence is fundamentally defined by evil. So, in the world, if we think the world is fundamentally a terrible, awful place, then we'll harvest things for ourselves We'll seek to protect ourselves from the world, and we won't care if we abuse or trash the world. But if we think the world is a gift from God for us to enjoy, then we will cherish it, love it, and seek to enjoy it as God does. Other people. If we believe that people are fundamentally wicked, then we will primarily seek to protect ourselves from them, limit our interaction with other people, limit our vulnerability to others. But if we believe that people are a gift from God for us then we will honor them and open ourselves up to them and see what gifts and goodness they have to share with us ourselves. If we believe that we're fundamentally evil then we might think we have nothing to offer to the world to each other and so we might seek to limit our interaction with everything and everyone in order to protect the world from ourselves if we are Uh, believe that we're fundamentally evil, then we may just give in to our selfish uh, and harmful desires, embrace them, and seek to suck whatever joy we can out of the people and things around us. But if we believe that we are a good gift that God gave to the universe and a good gift that God gave to other people, then we will seek to discover that goodness within ourselves, to foster it and to share it, and we will seek out relationships to compound love. Existence. If we think this world is nothing more than a chaotic, random arrangement of molecules, then we might believe our destiny is our own, that there's no such thing as good or evil, and our our own self-advancement or pleasure or satisfaction is all that matters. But if we believe God is fundamentally a good giver, that the world is a gift, that we're a gift, and that God gave himself as a gift to us, then we will understand that the fundamental ordering of existence is goodness, That everything actually is awesome, and that we're in an absolute sweet spot of God's love. Just hang with me. This was written after the fall. (laughs) For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. This was written after the fall. The heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day and day, day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words, no sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the end of the world. Now I know that in this period of the fall, the world can be so twisted at times that it can be dangerous, completely dangerous. And I know that people can turn themselves into very dangerous people to be with or around. Uh, But I also know, I also know that there's another storyline going on and one that is more powerful and more fundamental to the way things are, and that's a God that gives and won't stop. And this is what frees us to give. This is what compels us to give in the midst of the time of the fall that we're living in. And so, sure, I understand there must be wisdom in giving. We have to understand that the world can hurt us. Uh, And there must be wisdom in giving giving because we're so limited, because we also have evil within us. That may not, you know ever go away (laughs) until we die, but when we give, when we give, we enter in to the true reality of the world and how it fundamentally is, when we give, we imitate God, and we're in harmony with the way things are, we're in harmony with the true story of why is there anything Why do I exist? When we give, we live in harmony with the greater story. So, how can we give more? Let's run down a few examples. Let's take work. Do you believe your work, your job, is a divine gift of God for your benefit? Or do you believe work is fundamentally a result of evil? (laughs) Let's take marriage. Do we believe marriage is a divine gift from God for our benefit, or do we believe marriage is a result of bad choices? <laughs> Let's take the homeless. Do we believe people are a gift from God and it should have a place to live, or do we believe they deserve their own suffering? Let's take parenting. Do we believe children are a gift from God for our benefit and the world's? Or do we believe parenting is a period of time in life of which we must survive? (laughs) Let's take our free time. Do we believe our free time is an opportunity to enjoy the gifts of God in the world and the gifts of God in other people and that God takes pleasure in us simply when we spend time with him? Or do we believe our free time is a chance to escape the world and others and ourselves? If we believe that not only have we been given all in our past, but we see the continual and recognize the continual abundance of gifts that keep happening in the present, it's a mindset of what is, it's a belief. It's called faith, and if we see it, we recognize it, we remember it, we believe in it, we remind one another of it, how abundantly we've been given, then we will give, because we will see the world in a different way, and it will just be a free outpouring, and we'll be imitating God in his free and generous love, and we'll be doing it out of confidence that we're within this greater story that will keep and protect us. And so, it is true, you know, like the Lego movie, everything is awesome. <laughs> now it is. I, I mean, I know, I know, and I haven't had that, you know, I've, I've suffered, other people have suffered to the point of, you know, not knowing whether or not this is worth continuing and all the rest. But this is a this is an act of of faith, not a one time, but a every day. Do I believe that these things are a gift from God? Do I see when I wake up, and I see my house or my family or my food or I breathe this air or I talk to these people, is this all a gift, or is this all fundamentally evil? And I just have to get through it or survive it or squeeze what I can out of it. And I don't know why God is this way, but wow, that he would be. That it doesn't matter how many times people don't want to have anything to do with him. And then choose destruction and wickedness for themselves and for others. He gives, and then he gives again. And then he gives again. And then he gives again. And he won't stop until we're with him forever in harmony. Oh, to God. That's why everything is awesome. So give. (laughs) Give. Give to the poor. Give to your family, give to your co-workers, give to the church, give to your strangers because it's the way things are, because it's right and good. Use wisdom in it, but never give up because God doesn't. Every, every possible reason and opportunity for him to do so, right? But he never stopped. So I have a, I have a, a prayer book, and I think it's a great idea. You know, if you're ever looking to add a spiritual practice, put in this book requests that you have uh, from God and then leave space and maybe only write in things that are really important to you uh, that, uh, you know, are going to stay in the book for a while so you don't have to go through a lot of different books. And then you can go through and kind of circle every once in a while the prayers that God has answered. And then as you're going through this book, all these things are just important to you You see the things that you're still asking for. You see the answers that God has uh, given you already. And I think it's wonderful. But my my prayer book starts out with a few pages of things that I believe that God has already done for me. And that reminder of all the things that God has done for me, when I wake up in the morning and I've forgotten about already, because I forget everything every morning, when I wake up and I... I read that reminder, it's as important for me to remember all these things that God has done for me as it is for me to ask Him for anything. Or to bring up any of these requests or emotions or feelings that I'm having at the moment. We have to remember uh this story. And and it really is like, thank you that I'm alive. You know, thank you for food, thank you for a house, thank you for I mean, these are gifts. Um, So I wrote something personal. I'm going to read it. (laughs) I did not intend to be born. God thought me up at some point, and out of the goodness of his being, decided that I should be, and that all that was before me should be, and that when I came to draw breath... I would have a place to live and people to love me. He decided to create me with a whole body and a curious mind and to sustain it by divine will alone, allowing it to exist until this day. He did all this knowing I would cause harm to what he had made so far. He did this knowing the people I would hurt along the way. He decided, in fact, to set it up so that when I arrived, I would already be saved from myself, a a plan put into place and ensured at great personal sacrifice to God, only having to be trusted in, that when I ceased functioning in this God-given and sustained body and mind, I would have a place to go to live where people would love me and take me in a second time. I live and die and live again because God, because God is fundamentally, overwhelmingly good And then gives and gives and gives again. Gives that goodness to us from before us and then to us without end. I want to take, uh, and I know it's short, but I want to take a few minutes uh, for us to contemplate and pray to God together for him to show us and remind us this morning of what he has already given to us. Lord, we come before you together and we're just taking a few moments to remember, to count what you have already
1: given us so far.